title of this uh, Dharma talk. is just observe number six. So you can see how excited I am about promoting this particular way of working with your mind. If you're just observing what is happening, the movement, lack of movement, the contrast, the ups and the downs of your mind and everything else that's happening around you in your environment, then you will not be too doing too much uh, reaching out or pushing or pulling. You'll be receiving. If you're observing, then something is happening or something is occurring, perhaps. Your mind may be roiling around, your emotions, your memories, coming and going, coming and going. And the idea with this practice, as I've said on five different occasions, (laughs) is to see what's there. Just see what it is, not not see what it is and leave to a, to a description of it, but see what it is and not leave to what it's called, or see what it is and not leave to, I like it, I don't like it, it's good, it's bad, it should be, it shouldn't be, but to just see what it is. Just see, just see that. If you look closely at whatever's arising, I don't care if it's a thought, a memory, uh, a, a set of uh, uh, dishes. If you look at what's there and you do it long enough and persistent enough, you'll begin to see what it fundamentally is, which I've said hundreds of times. It is not separate. This is a very pragmatic, practical, um, ontological way of working with anything. You actually make it into something so you can see that it isn't something. You look at something that looks like it's something else until you see that you're not separate from that. And of course, it it can also happen the other way where where you start to flash on Who's seeing this? Is there a, an, an entity, a solid being, who doesn't want this but wants this, who's picking and choosing? And so by doing this and exercising your mind, sitting down and over and over again, sit down, come into the zendo, come into your meditation room in your house, sit down, hold still, and train your mind. Exercise your, what you're training your mind to do, what you're exercising your mind to do is just observe just to see what is occurring. And when that what is occurring arises as, I like it, I don't like it, then you haven't looked deeply into it because what is actually occurring is not an opinion about it, unless it is. And then if it's an opinion, then just continue to look at that without adding to anything like, I shouldn't have opinions. Or, well, at least this this opinion is based in fact. Ever noticed how often we use that little phrase? Well, at least I'm not like them. Well, at least, well, at least I'm not Puerto Rican. Wait a minute. Somebody Puerto Rican. (laughs) That was deliberate, you know that. At least I'm not. Well, at least, you know, we kind of let ourselves off the hook for 15 minutes. At least I meditate. And so, so by training ourselves on the cushion, come in, sit down, we're bringing our it starts as the, 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 the minute you get up in the morning, but it starts the very uh, moment you come through into the, headed towards the cushion. You're beginning to, to take your seat as an observer, as, as a, a consciousness that is just going to receive whatever's happening. Receive your knee, knee, knee pain. This doesn't mean don't adjust your knee. 
that's a misunderstanding to try to muscle through any difficulty you're having and you know not not uh, pay any attention to your what your body is saying you should listen to your body i'm going to say this one time and then i'm going to say no i think i'll say that another time so here comes the first time you should listen to your body and don't interpret what it's saying all you people out there with bodies <laughs> Don't interpret it. People are doing this everywhere. They're, this happens, that happens, and they, they write a philosophy. They write a book about it. They set up a protocol for how to work with this. It's the great knuckle adventure. Everything can be understood by just feeling of the knuckles. <laughs> just feel the knuckles. Have you noticed? Well, you should. You should observe. <laughs> you know, we can invent anything to keep ourselves from seeing what is fundamentally in front of us, because what is fundamentally in, in front of us uh, quite often, uh, we add to it, well, I know what that is, the minute you jump to a conclusion about it, I know, well, I know what that is. Or, well, I've already looked here. Well, this is not doing any good. Don't add. This is called discipline. Come in, sit down, hold still, observe. You might have something spontaneously come up that could be called boredom. You might have something spontaneously come up that could be called drowsiness. Whatever arises when you hold very still without being rigid, then you are basically saying to, I'm going to say the fancy word, to the universe, I'm ready. I'm ready to, I'm ready to see this. I want to see this. This is, this is how you sit in front of your Dharma gate. Sit down, hold still, see if it's really a gate. See if there's anything there. If you see something, that's called delusion. If you don't see anything, that's called delusion. <laughs> chuckle, chuckle. And I'm not, I'm not, sometimes I laugh uh, for no apparent reason, uh, things that probably don't seem funny at all. But it's, it's not so much about laughing at you or laughing at anything. It's just that something is really astonishing about this that is, goes under everyone's radar. And it goes under mine too, that's how I know. Because I, I, I see it go under it. And then, uh, and then I, and then I worry. What if I'm never able to see this again? <laughs> What if my enlightenment goes away? <clears throat> so who said I was enlightened? <clears throat> there is no state that you have to accomplish. If you're trying to accomplish another state, this is, this is a, a very provisional kind of uh, teachings around uh, Buddhism, around the Buddha, around this understanding. That there's something else. It's being taught that way, and so therefore we, we look at the stages and the paths, and the, we look at that. But the understanding uh, is transcends all of those uh, provisional situations. So uh, observe. And if you, you'll find, I, f I feel, I believe, I think, I don't really believe. Did I say that? I said I believe. <laughs> Did I say I believe? <laughs> I take that back. Now what can I say in this place? Let's see, I can't say believe. I feel, that's good. I'll, I'll use that one. I feel, what was I going to say? <laughs> I feel that if you if you stretch, exercise your your body, come, sit down, hold still. This is this is it's very difficult to promote this to anybody because it looks it looks like it's just a it's a uh, it's like a magnet for presumption, preconception, judgment, evaluation. Of why do that? Why do you? It's like you why sit there and do nothing? And uh, wh why we sit here and do nothing, so to speak, or meditate or become an observer of whatever is continuing to move is so that we can see more clearly how we create our own difficulty rather than 
how we can fix something. Nothing is broken. There isn't anything. If you see what this is, you're, it's, it's over with. There isn't anything else to do. Well, there might be. You might help people. That observation can happen in any one of the sense fields. It can happen in the mind, memory. Anything that's moving is fair game. Way of talking about it. Don't mean to kill anything. If you sit down, hold still, and you're, you watch your diaphragm move or your breathing is coming and going, then watch it. The idea here, the way I teach this, is don't fasten on it. Don't try to maintain some kind of state of clarity or state of mind by clinging to that or returning to that. That being said, you may find yourself going out on some kind of a imaginary track about this or that, or maybe starting to worry about something, or maybe starting to judge and find that suddenly you, maybe something brings your back, you back, maybe someone uh, comes through the door and makes a little bit of noise, and, and you're, you're, you're back in your, so to speak, in your body. And then something might follow that, like, oh, I was daydreaming. Don't do that. Don't call it anything. Or if you're going to call it something, change the name all the time. So it gets more confusing because what gets confused is the self-centeredness, which is out to collect information to validate its existence. It's looking. It's the radar of ego is always looking for something that's critical of it, something wrong, or validating. I must be on the right. I must be on the right track here. I can help you here. If you're in this room, you're listening to me. You're giving me the benefit of the doubt for another half hour. You are not on the right track. The fundamental understanding that we're, we all need to see, my way of saying it, is to see wh who is it? What, what is the identity that is actually witnessing, experiencing, living life, looking for this, trying to avoid that, to get to this, to get to that, to disagree with this person, agree with this person? The, the right and wrong part of it is you can spend the rest of your life just watching YouTube and pitting two YouTube seminars against each other. You know, do you know what I, do you understand what I'm saying? By I'm not saying you bring them together, but I'm saying one, there's one philosophy here and there's one here, and if there's someone with some intelligence there, they're probably going to sound, you know, at least interesting, maybe even believable. I said it again. <laughs> Questions so far? Shut up. Is there a difference between trying to see what is in front of us and just seeing? There, there could be some of the what part in there, but uh, the, the idea is just have it on receive. Have, have your whole awareness, consciousness, this whole awareness matrix of the six sense fields and objects of sound, sight, smell, taste, touch, thoughts, and so on. Just hold very still, and you'll notice that something's moving a little bit in every one of those areas. You'll notice that you can actually move your awareness, and you can, you can if it's would be called the word focus. I guess it could be a focus on just how the body feels. And you'll notice that the area of observing in the your, your, what's happening in your consciousness which kind of reduces a little bit. And then if you go to hearing, then how your body feels and that kind of backs off. Have you noticed that? Has anyone noticed that? I'm asking you a question. Yeah. So it's, and if you're, if you're seeing that change, that go back and forth and back and forth, please just, just continue to do that. There's no, there's no, there's no particular result of now I'm really in samadhi. Uh, now I'm really, I'm, my awareness is completely vast. And there's, no, there's no result situation happening there. <clears throat> Make it a good one.
Is there fluctuating between that and not? Between what and what? Feeling of the samadhi. Uh, you have to give me a, a nice crisp question, unless you uh, don't. Uh, if you don't want mush for an answer, just a clear question. I mean, I can. It sounds like I, I know what you're going to say, but you need to say it because if I jump to conclusions about what you're saying, then I'm doing your work for you. Is there an expanding and contracting of samadhi? What do you think samadhi is? You just used the word. What is it? I used it too, but yeah, I was just going off of it. <laughs> what <laughs> is it? Someone want to give it a definition of samadhi? Classical definition of samadhi. I think it's translated something like one pointedness, absorption. Yeah, I don't necessarily necessarily agree with that. It's just interesting to hear you say that. Not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but you're, you're quoting somebody. Yes. Huh? Meditation. Okay. It's basically not non-duality or not two. So there isn't any one seeing that or doing that. So you, if you're in samadhi, you won't particularly know it. If you know it, then that's a, that's a, that's three or four steps down from samadhi, or up. <laughs> if that's easier for you. <laughs> for, want to ask the question again or rephrase? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Okay, he pointed at you, so you get to ask. Yoko. Um, when you were talking about the ego using reference points to reify itself, <coughs> are you meaning the five skandhas as ego? That's a way of breaking down the self-centeredness into the, that's the form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. Yeah. So. So, so when the ego is doing that, is it um, doing that as a group, or can be Parts of like just perception or just um, it's it's partly yeah, I see what you're saying. So there's just like you can I can make put my awareness on my body, and <clears throat> even though my my seeing uh, consciousness is not primary, it's still it's still there. If something happens out here, I'll see it. I'll move spontaneously to track the movement. So, but but yes, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. Those those five are just structural ways. The, the actuality of it, uh, maybe something we'll never totally understand conceptually because con concepts are just like that. They they look at something and they actually abandon or leave the very thing that they're endeavoring to to turn into a thought form, uh, and they leave that and then uh, so. But it looks like there's something going on in that way. So there could be uh, feeling could be stronger, uh, a concept could be stronger, and sometimes people. Uh, who are practitioners will will function in different ways. It's been said, uh, Trungpa Rinpoche said that uh, when asked one time, <clears throat> as I recall, that what happens to the five, the that uh, self-centeredness of the five skandhas when one realizes uh, uh, enlightenment, or I can't remember what his words were. And he said it's uh, they're still there, but they they function. They function on their own. They don't. They don't get together and like they don't all hold hands and say we're somebody. So the feeling is just feeling. It's not happening to someone. The the thinking is just thinking. There's no thinker behind the thought. Sometimes there's someone. I think Stephen Batchelor wrote a book called "A Thinker Without Thoughts" or something. Or "Thoughts Without a Thinker." You read that? But you know the title. No. <laughs> yes, Jesse. <coughs> 
is observation a skill that grows in ability? I think the thing that grows in ability and strength is getting your butt onto the cushion. That's the one we need to look at. Strengthen that one. Because once you get there, if you can get to the cushion and hold still, whatever happens, everyone's karma in here. I've met all of you. I've talked to all of you somewhat. And I can see I can see the way in which you, it's a very personal way in which you personally, to double up on that, will will awaken. And I can't can't do it for you, but I if I could I would just say do it. <laughs> Stop doing this. But that doesn't work. I've tried that before and people just sue me for hurting them. <laughs> so of course I haven't done that. But I'm saying I can you can see been doing this a while, so you can see the way in which people, people's circularity, uh, they really need to see they're doing that. And so, therefore, uh, the important thing for anyone to do is to get to the cushion, sit down, hold still, and endeavor to observe. I keep talking about observing because I think it's so important to, to download that program, the observe program, and you sit. Now, ask your question again, and I'll come out of that. Is observation a skill that grows in strengths? So, excellent question, and I would say no. There's, there's, there's no muscle there. We might talk about it as a muscle somewhat in order to discuss it or say, yes, uh, if you habituate yourself to something, it's probably going to continue to happen. But there's something about that area that when you go into that, but it is so um, formless that there are no... There's nothing there to make into something else. I mean, there is because that's how everything, that's how this, this happened. But to actually, uh, what, there's no way you can get better at this. There's no, it's not a relative path. It is, a, it is not a mundane, and this is just descriptive. I don't mean the mundane path is bad. We wouldn't have buildings and houses and lamps and, uh, and uh, teacups and so on without mundane operation or we wouldn't be able to eat. We wouldn't feed ourselves. Uh, but the but the spiritual path uh, just starts to uh, leave that, just like uh, just like fog rising away from a pond. It just dematerializes, and so that's what the consciousness needs to do. But it needs to do it by by acknowledging the stability of the form. Here's the form. Here is the Buddha. Dogen talked about it over and over and over again, and, and he always talked about absolute and relative at the same time. <clears throat> so therefore, everybody, and in the days when they had no excitement, you know, his students had headaches. Do that until nothing happens. Do that until the understanding, the awareness, that which thought there was a thinker and thought there were thoughts, and a feeler and thought there were feelings, and and sights and thought there there, there was someone seeing uh, sounds and you know and so on and so forth. That, that we impute someone who's having this at some point that. It's not even a point. It's, a, it's not a point. It's, it's already happened. What you're looking for has already occurred. I mean, it wasn't even an occurrence. It's just already been the case. Yes? Um, going off of what Jesse asked, um, saying that there's no muscle there, when we say train our minds, if there's not some kind of progress, what, what do we mean by training? It's a trick. I'm just tricking you. <laughs> Here's how I would say it. It still works, and I, the reason I use it is because, and I didn't use it for a long time. I, I, I actually disagreed with it for a long time, years and years and years, because I, for the very thing you're, you're pointing out there, is that uh, 
I just didn't agree with that. And then I, I come to a little bit different understanding just in the last couple of years of working with people, looking at my own um, mental activity and consciousness working here and how it works and how things are working with everyone else is it is a way of seeing that how untrained you are, how, how your, your, the imputation of what training is, is you can be trained to, you know, to fetch, and you can be trained to climb a rope and you can be trained to lift barbells and you, and you can be trained to, um, eat your food in a particular order. I know I was trained to eat my food in a particular order. And, uh, so you can be trained to, to, to look at that form and actually go in and do that particular form, whatever it may be. So by, at the risk of making it look like that's what you need to do by saying, train your mind, um, what I'm using that, the way in which I'm using that is so you will sit down and look and see how, here we are in another relative state. I never, I never uh, use the word control, but I have to actually look at how what a controller you are because there's no controller. There never will be a controller. If there's a controller, this is an imputation and this is a false, then this is uh, someone who's buying into some kind of propaganda about winning and losing, getting ahead, falling behind, getting something, uh, losing something you want, getting something you don't want. You could say that's the definition of ego. And this doesn't mean we go the other way into some kind of airy-fairy idea, oh, you should just be happy with everything. It's not about being happy with everything. It's about awareness. It's about awareness. When the allegiance switches over from the grasping, rejecting, shutting down ego mind, the self-centered mind, as it's talked about in the Yogacara tradition, the seventh consciousness, one one begins to align oneself with consciousness only. It's an astonishing situation. It is not an accomplishment, and it is not a result, and it is not findable. How is that not a result? I said so. <laughs> it's not a result because you understand that 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 that, that there isn't there's no it doesn't have a, a it, because it is not phenomena in the sense of something that is in time and space. So it's not it's it transcends that. One of the areas that you, you begin to sense that is when you sit down and watch thoughts come and go. You realize they don't have a front and a back. You know you're having thoughts, but you can't really go in and uh, go into them, uh, even though uh, uh, Freud did that, by and Adler Jung and all the other psychologists uh, who were psych, uh, psychological um, uh, people after them have tried to track it all down. Most of them totally ignore the, the fourth century when... Or the first century, when uh, uh, Nagarjuna, Vasubandhu, Asanga were actually saying, "This is how consciousness works," and saying it in a very crisp uh, way that is translatable into English. Go ahead. How does uh, how does the final disappointment that you talk about show up? Uh, the, using disappointment after disappointment, and then the final disappointment, which is waking itself, isn't isn't actually a disappointment. Uh, it's just a way of teaching. So it's a way of talking about it, so that one will uh, tend to start to um, start to take uh, not necessarily buy into uh, disappointment as something is going wrong. So it's a way of seeing of, of opening oneself to for anything that's coming. It's like saying to yourself, whatever this is, if it's the truth, I want it. And that's that's a powerful thing to say to oneself. I can't do that for you. Uh, I did something like that myself a while back. 
And I just, I, I don't care if it kills me. I want to know what this is. I'm, I'm tired of going in circles. I'm tired of being deceived by, by my own mind and other people's minds. I want to know. And uh, as far as I know, uh, I'm not saying there aren't 1,500 other paths, but Buddhism uh, is a way to this path is a structure that will take you right to the edge of the cliff. And it won't jump for you. It won't, it won't step off the raft of concepts onto the shore of nirvana. You have to do that. Go ahead. How does the truth show up uh, not conceptually? Uh, well, uh, uh, do you get it? <laughs> that, I mean, it's humorous, but I'm not bullshitting you. The truth is always here. It's right in your face all the time. Just stop putting mud pies on top of it. Don't do 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 it. It's just this. You're completely validated right here, right now, all the way from, from, from this position you're, that this consciousness is showing up here, all the way to the center of the earth, all the way out in the center of every galaxy. Yes? How do I not do something that arises spontaneously? Just watch it. Just don't add to it. See if it's arising. Thoughts arise about, I don't like that guy. I don't like her. I don't like, I, I like this. I want something. I need to do this. I need to have that. This is not working for me. Like when people come in here, when I say, don't, don't receive, don't ask for Jukai unless you're prepared to do this. Because I don't want to, I don't want to take you in, help you go into that. And if, if you, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to head out and go another direction. Well, that's why I do that. And even then, you know, people still have their ideas and have their, you know, their, can do, can't do, and I can't do that anymore. Or they think I'm, I don't know, who knows what it is, yes. Is it necessary to observe the precepts of Jukai um, to be helpful to others? I think so. Uh, and again, I'm not saying you couldn't function, uh, have a, a teacher who, who, was, who you felt knew what was happening and was helpful to you that you couldn't follow their guidance certainly possible. There are people uh, who don't practice in this way. Several of them, there's some of them on YouTube and places that I haven't met them. And someone says, look at this. Can you look at that? What do you think about this guy? So I can look for 10, 15 minutes or less and know what's happening there. And it's not like I know like, oh, they're good, they're bad. They're, I just, I just, I might even be able to see why that person is drawn to that person. So I say don't do anything else you have to, but if it's something you have to do, then then follow it all the way to the end. Is there exertion we can make off the cushion towards awakening? <clears throat> and I think there is. I think it's different for each person, but I think uh, uh, I think that uh, endeavoring to stay with whatever is happening and to, and to be very aware when you abandon what is happening and go into some idea about what is happening. If you see what is happening, you won't know what it is. I don't know how else to say it than that. It might might not be all that. I don't have to know stuff. I don't know stuff. And you say, well, that's obvious. But you're in here listening to me. Why would you come in here and listen to me? What are you doing here? I like that. Because <laughs> that and I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, in the sense of some kind of thing about it. It has to be deeper than your concept. It needs to be really, really really deep so you just know you need to do this 
if I see someone come this way and uh, uh, talk to me for a few minutes, I know they should stay here, but I won't interfere with them. You know, unless it's a few people, I'll tell them they should, what they should do. But they don't have to mind me. They just think it might be good for them to know how I feel about this. And other people, I don't say that. So it depends on, it's dependent. So in your case, you need to stay here. Why? Because you came here and said you wanted to stay here. So I'm going to help you with that. <laughs> yes. Is Jukai giving you permission to tell us how you're spinning? Yes. I mean, it makes it closer. You know, it makes it just a, you're basically saying, I say, it looks like you're doing this. It looks like other people are doing this. I think I want to, I want to practice in this way too. So I want to take formal vows of, uh, the three refuge vows and the, the three pure precepts and the, the ten prohibitory precepts. And I want to use that form. This is not about obeying. It's not the Ten Commandments. It's not, not a theistic approach. It's, a, it's, a, it's an approach where you actually get to be, uh, you have the ability, you're given the permission or the ability to respond to everything out of your own heart, out of your own mind, paranoid or not, out of your own gut, fearful or not. And, I'll, and find this so that you can be genuine with everything that's happening. So that way you don't, so the warfare situation just starts to come. That doesn't mean like it says in the little pillow in the other room, you may have to kill somebody. So what I'm saying by that, I'm not saying, I'm trying to give you permission, please don't sue me. Um, but I'm just saying that you you may, in your karma, you may have things that you, that you are already lined up with a, a lot of rocket fuel behind them that you aren't going to be able to stop. I don't care how much meditating you do, you might not be able to stand in the way of that. You might not be able to prevent uh, on Thursday, uh, uh, next February, of uh, running over to somebody in an intersection up here and killing them. You don't know what, you don't, there's no way to know that. The only thing you can do is be here, be in this, be in this body-mind complex right here and let the karma that is arising as your, your face, nose, ears, tongue, body, Everything. Let this karma alone. Stop trying to make it into something else. Facelift is okay. Isn't that, isn't that funny? <laughs> yes. Can you rephrase being with what's happening? Is that the same as including openness? So being with what's happening could involve uh, something that's happening, uh, and, and it's caught, and it seems to be triggering feelings that are feel like claws going up your rib cage. To put it, uh, you know, viscerally, I say, just be with that. Don't don't add on. This wouldn't be happening if, or, or the reason this is happening is because he, she, they did this, or is doing that, or I didn't do this soon enough. Uh, don't don't buy into stories about. It. If you like stories, uh, read a book. But but this situation, just just insofar as you can, look at the tendency to want to make a story about everything. To want to turn it into some, validate it, or or get rid of it, or something by chattering about it to yourself. So just just uh, simply put, witness the feelings. Witness, wit, wit, be with, see what is moving, see what is moving with no addition. And if you make an addition, then don't add to that by I shouldn't make additions. Just just notice that. So stay with it. It's called uh, if you see what it is, it's called compassion, and it needs to start here. You have to make friends with this, otherwise you're I'm not saying you won't have a lot of friends, but you have an enemy here and there. And the only way you can have, have no enemies anywhere is to have no enemies here. So this needs to be seen. More? Sir? Um, 
bringing up the you may have to kill somebody. I've been reflecting a lot on like the bad neighborhoods teachings mm-hmm. that we get. Um, if we notice that we keep getting into a situation where there's a lot of this like, clawing feeling, a visceral feeling, yeah. is it helpful to put up some some kind of standard to keep back from that? It might be. <clears throat> this is this is a standard. It's a meditational zendo monastery. This is so so it's solid. And we're gonna even think we're even gonna insulate it some more. <laughs> and it's something we're gonna put some energy into making sure that this you need to have a place to teach and a place to learn, a place to understand. It needs to be uh, some kind of a protected container for that. It's very hard to do it out in the forest where the birds are chirping and you're enjoying yourself. Yes. Can it be helpful to kind of add some protection to our life after we? Give me an example. Um, so, like, just in my particular instance, not drinking or something like that seems to be kind of taking some protection outside of the group. Yeah, that's, that's, that would be a good example. Yeah, and so I'm not saying, you know, I don't do a blanket thing with everybody, but I, just like in your situation, I help you. And I say, if you're, if you're looking at me, don't, and I'm telling you, don't do it. You don't need it. You really don't need it. It, would just, it just complicates things. And it would not be any big accomplishment to be able to have a drink every now and then. Just be something to brag about. You don't need that. Yes. Uh, Sheldon from Union City. Sheldon. Asks, if there's no way we can ever get better at this, then why do it? (laughs) (laughs) Sheldon, you need to come here so I can give you a good weapon. (laughs) I'll do my best to respond to that. It's, we have to do, when I say we have to, I mean, if you're listening to me, then we already, we're already past that part of it. You could be listening to Walter Cronkite. But if you see the, the, see the description, life is suffering, the cause is desire, uh, the goal is cessation and the path is, is training the mind, or see, Sheila Samadhi and Prajna are seeing deeply what this is. Uh, what, what is it being addressed by saying it in this way and what is causing this kind of a reaction from you, Sheldon, is that, that we're beginning to, to leave the relative part of the path and go into the ultimate part of the path. You can go in circles. Oh, there are a lot of people who teach Buddhism who have never left. And they actually teach it. And usually they're quite fundamentalist about form. You need to do this. You need to do that. That's just a misunderstanding. So in order to in order to to not only to leave the the um, leave the form without abandoning it, but leave it through understanding and through clarity. Uh, in order to do that, uh, uh, one has to uh, continue to work in a way that suggests that we're doing this to get better. We we need to do this in a way so we address it. But the fundamental, we have to start out by where the ego is. We start where we are. We, we think we are somebody. We think we're solid physical beings. We, uh, we take our ego for granted. Well, of course, you've got to have a healthy ego. You've got to have self-esteem. You've got all the things that psychology and modern culture and everything would tell us. But uh, at some point, we need to start moving away from that. And when we move away from that, we just stop using that as some kind of a credential. And there's a willingness to be more and more and more open, less and less defended, less and less living in uh, the metaphor that Trungpa uses as cocoon. You know, come out, come out of this cocoon of opinions and ideas and, and, and be uh, available to the rest of the world. And so, yes, there's, there's, there's something there. 
But the, the part that's the important part, as I think I said earlier, is get, get to the cushion. Sit down. Do the very, this is a very relative situation. Start, as soon as you start to go uh, from the uh, form into the other uh, skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, uh, you start to get more and more uh, away from something that is relatively dependable. The body is relatively dependable. Have you noticed every morning we wake up? You don't wake up as somebody else, actually. Or maybe you do. Maybe, maybe you do. So it's just, a, it's just a way of working with it, Sheldon. But you won't understand it any deeper than just the relative part of uh, polishing a stone, get, making it more and more shiny, until you, you have to start there. And then, and then at some point, you, you're, the insight starts to arise around the whole thing, around who's polishing, what is polishing, what is being polished, and the teaching of, uh, of uh, dependent origination. That starts to, stops being a concept, and then the, the ego mind begins to reel and, and, and begins to get... Uh, um, freaked out because uh, it's frightening because it can see that it, it, it it's like it it's like we feel we're going to come apart or we're going to dissolve or we're going to as called uh, sometimes called ego death when really it's just seeing that it's not real there isn't anyone no one solid this voice is coming out of I don't I have no idea where this voice comes from but there's no owner if there were uh, you get up and leave I'm not very entertaining. Further questions? We have a few minutes. What is the clarity of samadhi? <clears throat> what do you think? Somebody answer this. Come on, you guys. What's the clarity of samadhi? Answer it for you. <laughs> I can paraphrase, I guess. What's the clarity of meditation? Okay, we'll use that. The clarity is... I'll use a contrast. Your everyday life out, uh, you know, picking flowers or uh, uh, digging ditches or driving your car or interacting with your across the back fence with your neighbor about a political situation in Somalia. You know, all those things are very relative kinds of things. And when you meditate, you come into a situation where you begin to see the, uh, the, the fundamental structure of all of that, which is confusion. When you're talking, you don't see the confusion. You, you actually impute or think that you're making sense. They're making sense. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I see what you're saying. No, I don't know. I don't know. I think we might be out of, uh, uh, out of milk, so I'll go to the store. I mean, we just, it's just a relative kind of structure that, that keeps, you know, yeah, you're here. It's okay. You're wearing clothes. You have eyes. Go look in the mirror. Yeah, you're still here. I was afraid I was dissolving. I meditate so much. And then I would say, get back, come back in and sit down, hold still. And that's, that's how it feels. Uh, eventually, we start to lose our reference points through meditation. Uh, the reference point is not samadhi. No reference point is not samadhi. What it is is no reference point and no, and, and no, uh, and no, how do you say it? No, not no. No, not no reference point. <laughs> yeah. No, wait a minute. Huh? Neither not. N mere not. Neither not. No. Near not. <laughs> near not. No. Or not. No. Yeah. Neither one. And it's the equality of sameness and difference. Sandokai. I mean, this is why this, read Sandokai 500 times. Do it on a mala so you know you've done it. But read it. Sandokai. And see. And so you, you, they keep taking you into, uh, uh, keeps taking you into the relative situation over and over and over and over. Not, not to, not to, not to. 
Not one, not two, not both. Not like I guess. It's time. We're we're way past time. What time is it? It's two minutes to noon. Okay. Are you the person who does things? Okay. Hey everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. <clears throat> Please help us as you are able. And also the all day this Saturday. Please join us if you can. May the mirror of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.